0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts,
1: Kyle Borgononi and Matthew Betts. Well, welcome in. We're actually live live right now bets and it's good to be with the people it's good for them to hear our voice even if it's friday morning but dude i am pumped to go live with the people how about you
0: oh man could not be more excited for this live underdog uh fantasy best ball draft that we're doing with listeners a select group of 11 get to play with us tonight as we're drafting one team together man i I love drafting and doing it with our listeners
1: even better so yes i am very excited And, you know, there can only be one. And so Betts and I are actually going to combine forces. Uh, We're going to share the pot, of course, and go out for either Chili's together um, or maybe just grab a drink or something. But we look forward to, you know, taking a little bit of money from people, but more importantly, getting to draft with people in June. It's June 18th and it's still best ball season. And so this whole month we've been walking through strategy. Last week we talked about stacking this week we're going to do a live draft, and next week we're going to be talking about league winners. So, real quick bets, best ball season. Just how can how are you summing that up? Because we're about to enter into the next part of July and August, where we're going to start prepping for DFS. So, how's best ball season just feel for you?
0: Uh, it feels great to be drafting in June when we're going off of you know uh, camp uh, mini camp hype reports and all this coach speak. It's just great. Uh, but no, the, the reality is like there is a massive edge in drafting early um now before you know people start getting really excited about uh the more information that you get the less edge you have if you kind of have you know your nose to the grindstone like really trying to get this information which you and I uh, as sickos definitely do so I love drafting early I think there's a huge edge in it some of my best success last year came drafting early best ball teams rather than drafting them in late July or August so I will probably taper off over the next four to six weeks uh, so I'm in it right now, man. I'm, I'm you know, in the DFS pass with our rankings. I am doing a ton of research. I am doing a ton of drafts. And, uh, you know, right now it's it's the best time to draft and then have zero stress about it until the end of the year. So I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, I think once I hit July, I definitely will take a break and then wait for more information to come out. But there have been a couple of players that I feel really happy about. One of those, Javante Williams. He's my most rostered running back. And he's trending towards... That territory where he's gonna end up being like a fourth round running back, maybe a fifth round. And I've been getting him in sixth and seventh on most teams as my running back three. Uh, so I love that. And I, I love his upside uh, long term. If Rodgers goes there, then his ADP is gonna skyrocket. So there is a lot of advantage to drafting early. And hopefully you've gotten to walk through that with us. But, Bets, you and I are adding one more thing, one more thing to the people. So I'm going to the beach this next week. And you and I said this past week, hey, Let's get together and let's give the people one more thing. So we're going to add something to the DFS pass. If you got the UDK plus, it's part of it. But it's the best ball primer where we walk through every single team, talk about their ADPs for best ball, how you can stack this team. And we created a metric called stackability, uh, some correlation metrics, some team outlooks, who we have exposures to. So we are almost done with that. It's going to come out this weekend. So bets. Give me one of your takeaways just to explain to people, you know, the time we've been putting into, but we've been looking at best ball more than just player analysis, but like team wide. I like this offense. So give me any takeaways that you've had through walking through every team.
0: Yeah, so you and I split this up, this project a little bit. Um, you went full hashtag spreadsheet bro on me with with all of your content. And I feel like we complement each other so well because I'm an idiot with technology. You love your spreadsheets. You love your data. I love player analysis and team analysis. So we complement each other perfectly. I wrote up all the, the team outlooks or kind of the previews of like, you know, what does this team mean for best ball? And how do we apply what this team is going to be? One team that I got really excited about after writing them up was actually the Bengals. Um, thinking about kind of what they let Joe Burrow do in his rookie year, they let him drop back more than any other quarterback in the National Football League as a rookie before he got injured. And then you say to yourself, OK, well, maybe that's this team's identity. Are they going to let him throw as much? I think they will. I mean, you look at this offense. I, I talked about it in you know, the injury reports of the UDK. Like, I don't think Joe Burrow is going to run that much this year, given his knee injury. So that could only mean more time in the pocket, more throws for Joe Burrow rather than him, you know, tucking in and running, which he is capable of doing. Uh, Awesome, you know, wide receivers. Joe Mixon's getting a little bit of hype. So it's just a team that they're going to be up in pace. And I like that a lot with how much volume he's going to see throwing the football to these guys. So, yeah, I really like those pass catchers there in, in Cincy. Um, and I chatted a little bit in there about why I think T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are just screaming values this year. So go check that out in the DFS Pass.
1: And I know you had a little fun writing up some of those. I was riffing on the Raiders and Wendy's value meal. And uh, so I had some fun with that one too. Uh, I'll just give you one quick takeaway. So one of the metrics that we have in here is every single team, we have the likelihood that you could stack this team based on your draft slot. So for instance, if you wanted to stack up the Falcons and you have a, a draft pick, uh nine or later, nine, 10, 11, or 12, it's a pretty low likelihood, given the fact where Ridley's going and Pitts is going, that you're not going to be able to stack that team. But if you have a pick in the first, you know, four or five, that's where Mike Davis is also going. Like that's a really good spot for the Falcons. So the point of the stackability metric is just to see where you're at and give a quick glance and say, oh, this team, their distribution is very much swayed, you know, one way or the other. The, the Cowboys are another one. If you look at their ADPs, it's like Zeke's going around pick seven, pick seven, pick eight. And then you look at Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, like they're going 33 and 35. And then Dak is going a little bit later in the high 50s. So all of the Cowboys players, ADP wise, at least, are all trending towards the back half of a draft. And that's really helpful to understand. Like if you have the Cowboys, if you're wanting that stack and you're at pick two or three, the likelihood is you're probably going to have to reach to get it. So it's best not to go there. And then one more metric um, that I've been messing around with is last year, which players correlated with the quarterback for stacking? And one of the ones that were interesting for me is looking at certain running backs. So like Chase Edmonds correlated really well with Kyler Murray, while Kenyon Drake didn't. And that was really helpful for me when I was looking at my draft. I had Kyler Murray in a draft and I was going back and forth. Should I reach for Edmonds? Should I wait for James Conner? And it came to the point where I say like, it's actually not beneficial for me to get Conner on my team because it seems like Murray so far is not correlating with the goal line running back. So we have some sweet metrics in there. If you like some spreadsheets, if you want to hang out with me, uh, some conditional formatting between green and red (laughs) colors, then then that's not a bad place uh, to go. But the best ball primer is part of the UDK Plus. So it's in there. We just added it. And we think it's a great value if you want to go to ultimatedraftkit.com. You can totally do that. But Bets, do you want to read off? Last week, we said uh, that we would give away a three-man best ball. And I put in here a review uh, from Daryl. And so if you want to read that review, he's going to be our winner.
0: I would absolutely love to. The five-star review, thank you so much for that, is titled The Must Listen to DFS Show. He says, Matthew and Kyle bring it each episode, giving you expert advice on how to play DFS. They're one of the best duos in our time, ranking up there with peanut butter and jelly, chips and salsa, birthday cake and ice cream. I mean, those three combos are just uh, out of this world. Each episode is like spending an hour with your buds while while gaining the upper hand each week against your opponents. That review may be like the nicest thing I've ever read. Like that, that could be a Hallmark card. Those three combos, man, I mean, peanut butter and jelly, birthday cake and ice cream, come on, that's that's perfect right there. So thank you so much for that review. Uh, I look forward to playing some best ball with you.
1: You know, it's always good to get a review and I even had someone else reach out and basically say like, hey, you guys actually sound good on there. Like you really sound like great people. Like I can hear your voice. So I'm really, really enjoying it, really glad, but let's get into some best ball best ball bonanza all right bets we got to get into a fast draft and what's crazy is bets we are actually at the turn we're at pick 12 so we've got a lot of time to talk we've got a lot of time to muse on things and for me i know that being at pick 12 Like we get our back up a corner and we basically get to say like, we might have to reach bets. I don't love doing that, but uh, it does mean we have to do back to back picks. So this is great for podcasting people, but it's also
0: plan this perfectly.
1: (laughs) Yes, but even better. This is something that you and I get to feel the live tilt. So the draft's going to start in about 15 seconds. So being at pick 12 bets, is there anything on your mind that worries you?
0: uh other than our listeners being very smart people um the issue with pick 12 is just that like it's so easy in best ball to go off of um you know adp and kind of let that guide you but in reality at the at the turn like adp is kind of out the window if there's a player who has a third down adp uh and you're not going to get him because you're at the one two turn and you love him like we're not going to fault you for it right so like there's a lot of Uh, I guess, advantages in in terms of being able to kind of get your guys. But at the same time, like you need to understand the run until your next pick is so long that ADP uh, is sort of out the window to a degree. And you can kind of be a little bit more willing to to go off the script a little bit, which I think is fun.
1: Okay, so beginning of the draft went pretty predictably McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara, Elliott, Taylor. I mean, the running backs are going off the board. Kelsey just went at pick seven. Are you feeling like with all these running backs, like it's possible for us to go wide receiver, wide receiver?
0: I think it's possible. I've also actually had a couple of drafts where I've been at the back of the first, and then obviously early second, that you just double tap running back and you get you know, like an Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, an Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, like that kind of start is really intriguing. But if there's wide receivers that we absolutely love, I'm totally fine on that as well.
1: All right, so we're up in two picks right now: Acres, Chubb, Eckler, Diggs, Jones are on the board, Eckler just went. So Bets, you and I are about to be on the board and we will have back-to-back picks. And then I'll get to give my lovely commentary to the people. So Akers just went off the board. We have Chubb, Diggs, Jones, Mixon. And then Devontae Adams is also on the board. So those are the top for me. Who would you feel like we must take?
0: Yeah, for me, it's between Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. They have the same bye week. So I think we should take one of whoever you prefer. We'll take one of those and then maybe come back with with Mixon.
1: Okay, I I think we should definitely I'm going to go with Chubb, I believe in the offense um, and where we can get him right here. And then I'm going to for these next 30 seconds, I'm going to muse on the what's the biggest difference between us going with a wide receiver like Adams or Diggs, who we believe could be the number one or Mixon
0: to me, the running back tier is going to drop off real quick by the time we get back up on the last pick of the third round. And that's that dead zone that we don't want to be in. So I would prefer to go running back here. That's my personal strategy. Um, and for me, it's probably mixing uh, with this pick.
1: All right, I'm going to go mix in just because there's too much up in the air with Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we obviously love Diggs, but I think there's going to be a little bit of regression that we both think is going to happen with him and Josh Allen. So we start off Pretty robust, bets. I mean, that's us. We're big guys, big, big, huge dudes. Uh, We start off with Chubb and Mixon at the 112 and the 2-1. Now, let me ask
0: you real quick for our listeners. I made the point. I was like, I don't want to take Jones and Chubb because they have the same bye week. Do you think that's the right approach? Or are you saying bye weeks don't matter this early uh, that you you can totally take two running backs at the same bye week? And I'll explain to you why in a sec why I said that.
1: Um, I'm actually okay with it. It wouldn't have bothered me. I actually have Jones higher in my rankings. So if I was just going by our rankings, I think it's, I would have done that. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, if I would have gone a step further, I might've said Bengals, I'm a little bit more down. We reached a little bit. I think his ADP is fifteen three. So we reached just a little bit, but I think he's right in that range where it's either coin flip, honestly, between Mixon and Jones.
0: Yeah, and the reason I said it is because when you go when you put this much draft capital into the running back position in best ball, your first two picks, you are basically saying, I'm relying on these two players to be my scoring running backs most weeks. So, like, if that is the case and we're expecting this to happen, I want Mixon and Chubb to be those two guys that are giving us those, you know, double digit fantasy points with high upside every single week. And so if you take guys that have the same Eight, you know same um bye week but they're kind of in that same tier like to me it allows you to be like okay we're good at running back for a long time and then we don't even have to think about it whereas like you know if you took jones you took chubb like you would know that there's that week where you don't have that guy but i, I could see the argument both ways uh i like going with the situation though where you can kind of be like i know i know the situation we're good for three four five six rounds on running back
1: i also think it sets us up to have some values with our stacks you know, when you think about Cleveland, we have Chubb, like, I mean, Baker, we could wait a long time if we wanted to stack him. Burrow's not going to the ninth round. I mean, we obviously don't have to stack Browns or Bengals based on this. And looking this up, Mixon and Burrow had a bunch of negative correlations. So right now, this these two players are telling me, hey, whatever wide receivers we get or tight ends, like that's where I want to go in terms of stacking. So we'll see what wide receivers. Uh, are there for us. So I'll read off the second round. After Mixon was Diggs, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, Najee Harris, DeAndre Hopkins, CEH, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, and DK Metcalf. Any pick or any combination you've seen through the first two rounds that stands out to you.
0: Yeah, we got to give a shout out to, uh, what is the name here? G Neely FF with the double wide receivers uh, start here with Tyreek Hill and Calvin Ridley is a way to get different for sure in best ball, but you could argue it's the strongest pairing uh, of the first two rounds there.
1: For sure. I would love if somebody like Kittle fell all the way to us. Uh, Waller just went off the board at three, three. I don't think he'll make it all the way back. Um, But I think if we had a strong start of two awesome running backs and a tight end, then we'd only need two tight ends for our build. And I think we could do that. So we still have about seven picks. Um, who else on the board do you like? What wide receivers?
0: I'm really high on Amari Cooper this year. I know CD Lamb is the new hotness, but you look at this, the, you know, if you're on Rotoviz, if you look at their um, game splits app with Cooper and Dak, I mean, it's, it's light years above what any wide receiver does for Dak. Like those two together are massive. So I wouldn't mind if he fell to us there to be our wide receiver one. I think he's in for a huge season uh, this year.
1: Yeah, we've got your boy, Terry McLaurin, also on the board, so I'll cue him up. Right now, I think if I got one of Cooper or McLaurin, I would be great. Love Keenan Allen, um, and we're up in three picks. So uh, Patrick Mahomes just went off at 3-8. That's a little bit earlier. I like him when he moves over to the fourth round. But for back-to-back picks here, do we go wide receiver, wide receiver?
0: I think we have to. I mean, the names that are on the board are... There is the range of outcomes for these players that are on the board. Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, uh, etc. That could have wide receiver one overall upside and to go double wide receiver here, I think it's massive.
1: All right. We got one more pick until us. Oh, Cooper have- just
0: went. Dang yeah. It.
1: <laughs> I think McLaurin and Keenan Allen feel the safest of these. CD Lamb, I think we want a piece of that Cowboys offense and there we are. So David Montgomery just went I think McLaurin feels like the pick that you and I are in most agreement with.
0: Yep, take him. Definitely in, definitely in on that. You won't hear me argue with Jerry McLaurin ever.
1: Okay, so McLaurin is there, but let's debate real quick between Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, and then I don't know if you want to dip any further, Mike Evans, Julio Jones.
0: No, I think for me, it's between Lamb and, and Allen. Um, I like the ability to stack Allen with Herbert later because he's cheaper than Dak in terms of ADP. And we just know what we're getting with Keenan Allen, right? Like CeeDee Lamb, there's still some question marks, but Keenan Allen, you just know he's going to dominate targets. We love him. Uh, Herbert, obviously, uh, is really intriguing in year two. So I like the Keenan Allen stack there. With I feel like the market isn't really implying that Lamb has some risk to him this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good call. I did look at this team that has Cooper right here, and they're set up to stack them. But let's go with Keenan Allen. We just want the volume... I feel like our team so far is a safe team. Like we have Chubb, we have Mixon, we have McLaurin and Keenan Allen. Like I feel like we're, we know who the number one wide receivers are for the team. We have them. And then we have a couple of running backs that are going to get awesome workloads. And Chubb, you know, we're both huge fans. Uh, I should have worn my Nick Chubb shirt tonight uh, or my Keenan Allen jersey. What was I thinking?
0: You failed, dude. You, fa- you failed the podcast.
1: Okay. So with this start bets, Where do you start thinking moving to the later rounds? You know, we're about to midway through fourth round. This team is balanced. We have two running backs. We have two wide receivers. Where do you go next?
0: So in the fifth round, I'm still not really willing to take a second running or a third running back, sorry, um, in this type of build where I go too early. Like I said, you're just counting on Mixon and Chubb to be your guys most weeks. And when we go early running back, we can get away with four total in the draft maybe five if, if we find a guy late but you know you're really set up to just hammer wide receiver in these middle rounds unless we really want to go with a high rushing upside or a stack with Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert at this point like tight end I'm not personally I'm not into that in these kind of rounds here um, we just know the historical win rates of these tight ends if you don't get one of the top three you don't get an edge in taking someone in the seventh round or the sixth round so for me it's probably going to be a situation where we go quarterback or wide receiver unless you can talk me into your boy Kyle Pitts or maybe Mark Andrews.
1: I don't think Pitts will be there. Just look I looked at our primer and looked at where he's going at 49.8. I just don't see him making it all the way back. And for those reasons, I'm out Shark Tank. But <laughs> after that bets, let's you know it's Andrews, it's Hawkinson. It's just not set up, I think, for our team to get one of these elite tight ends. Like I think Pitts, I think Hawkinson's the last one. Is that what you would say? Uh, I think he's definitely
0: a tear break for sure. I don't think he's obviously up there with the likes of Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, um, but he certainly has upside, and he certainly is in a tier. I think kind of of his own there, and it definitely is a huge tear break after him.
1: Yeah. So after we did Keenan Allen, and went C.D. Lamb, we're in the fourth round. Chris Godwin. Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Miles Sanders, Mike Davis in the middle of the fourth round, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. So back-to-back Rams towards the end of the fourth round. Let me just tell you who I like right now, Bets because I'm kind of not looking at tight end. Um, I don't mind some of the receivers. I don't think Tyler Lockett will make it back to us. Um, I think there could be some value if Adam Thielen makes his way to us. Um, at running back, there are some rookies that can gain some steam. So we mentioned earlier, Javante Williams. I wouldn't hate it if we got him at the turn and we got our third running back. Uh, there's also some quarterbacks. If we just said, hey, I want Kyler here. I would love Kyler at the turn.
0: I don't hate it. Oh, I'm gosh. also just tell
1: me. Tell me how it is.
0: <laughs> it's not you. It's me. Um, I don't hate Kyler. Obviously, he's going to be awesome this year. But I find myself like really latching on to Lamar Jackson. I think he could be the quarterback one this year, and no one's talking about it. Like He has his best skill position group he's ever had in his career. Last year, he spent time on the COVID list. People aren't really talking about that. And he still has a 1,000-yard rushing, obviously, in his his range of outcomes. He has it in back-to-back years. The only two quarterbacks last year with a higher touchdown rate than Lamar Jackson were Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. So I don't know, man. I just really want to be high on Lamar this year. Um, and I love that about him because you don't have to stack him like you can, but you don't have to because of how much he runs, and you know that provides such a huge upside in in you know uh, best ball. But uh, dude, I, Kyler's he's so tough to pass on, man. I love the, Kyler.
1: The hardest thing is is we have some smart people that are drafting with us right now. Only one quarterback has gone off the board, and we're in the fifth round. So Mahomes went at you know three eight, but we're in the middle of the fifth round bets, and Josh Allen kyler murray lamar jackson they're just sitting on the board so knowing that oh josh allen just went off but like what if what if kyler and lamar are sitting here never mind kyler just went here (laughs) is someone listening to the show right now (laughs) live on the podcast you're getting the speed so would you take lamar and stack him with andrews here
0: I think that's certainly a way that we could go. I don't think, like I said, I don't think the stack has to be forced. I think it depends on the wide receivers that are there though, to be honest with you.
1: Okay. So I'm going to queue up Lamar. Hopefully he falls to us. Uh, Dak is also there um, a little bit later. Uh, wide receivers. We're looking at Deontay Johnson, T Higgins, Brandon, Ayuk, uh Odell Beckham, Cortland Sutton, Chase Claypool, DJ Chark. No, thank you. So, any oop and Lamar Jackson's gone. They're listening to right, the that, speed.
0: That plan is out the window. <laughs> so we feeling? talked about we talked about obviously um Herbert with a potential stack with Keenan. We obviously don't have to force it. Um if we do, however, we, he's not coming back to us in the seventh round. So I feel like he's on the board if you want to go with the stack. I honestly don't hate the idea of going with um your boy Javante here in the sixth round.
1: I think that's probably what we're going to do with our first pick, just to say we're done with running backs. Like we'll pick one flyer at the end, but I feel like our team might be set up better than anyone else in terms of like, we have two studs and then we also have another guy who could come on at the very end. So Javante Williams is going to be our pick here, but let's debate real quick. We got about 30 seconds between Justin Herbert and another wide receiver. So Herbert or, you know, our wide receivers are Higgins, Ayuk, Cortland Sutton. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I've been getting a lot of Higgins in best ball. I think the mismatch in EDP between he and um, Jamar Chase is kind of silly. But I guess for me, I lean Herbert just to get that security at the stack. We don't have to think about quarterback for the rest of the, the draft, really.
1: All right, let's do Herbert. So at the turn, we went Javante Williams at the 512 and Justin Herbert at the 6-1. So 6-1 probably a little early for me. It's about, I don't know, 5 to 10 picks early, but I still think we are, have a team that has pretty good stackability. So let's read it off real quick. We've got Justin Herbert at quarterback, running back Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, and at wide receiver, Terry McLaurin and Keenan Allen. So our team's looking pretty good, Bets for being at pick 12 and for our listeners hacking into our feed right now. but
0: (laughs) I would have loved Lamar there. Dang it.
1: Let's go real quick and kind of zoom out. Which teams through five rounds are you just like, hey, I like the way that team's looking?
0: All right, let me look over the board here. Um, I'm trying to see which teams have a stack because I think that tells you uh, who might be a little bit of a more sharp player in this draft. I I, kind of go back to... um, genially ff like this guy went uh hill or gal went hill ridley Stack mahomes with hill mike evans and deontay johnson like his wide receivers are going to be the best in this draft for sure uh running back obviously is weak he's gonna go zero rb build but if you take those guys that have upside to get there i, I like that a lot
1: i'm gonna say the most balanced team from my perspective so far is c sheldo that's that uh pick 10 start off eckler and gibson And then he went Mari Cooper, Chris Godwin, who were both high on, and he stacked uh, Cooper with Dak. So I think that's a pretty good stack. And then he just did it with Claypool. So um, I do like that build. Uh, I like the way that that's looking. And then uh, we also have Mitch Hutton. He stacked Kyler with Hopkins. I think he got a pretty good deal on Kyler, like waiting all the way uh, to the fifth round, not jumping the gun in the fourth. Maybe he was tempted to do that. So... Yeah, there's some sharp players um, that are trying to take our money bets, our hard-earned money. We're trying to educate, and people are They're trying just to steal us, us, man. Dude, <laughs> I mean, we've all gotten beaten up, right?
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Quick story: third grade wall ball. Some kid in second grade was trying to steal the court, and I beat him up. Never got caught for it.
0: Let's go. He's oh, st- he's stealing the ground. That's- that. <laughs> that's uh is that a story you're gonna tell your kids about how how tough their dad is or what
1: yeah i'm gonna say don't let anybody steal your wall ball court. Wall <laughs> ball is a big deal when you're like in second third grade
0: it really is that did you were you a big foursquare player
1: yeah i was i was pretty good i was a spin doctor that was my yeah nickname. of course
0: yeah um yeah no that's that's where it's at those you know those playground games like that's where you become popular like that's where you get uh your best buddies so yes you got to be cool on the uh, on the playground
1: And I think I mentioned before on the podcast, I peaked in fourth grade. So you could just imagine elementary, third, fourth grade, pickle. I mean, all those things on a wall ball. I was I was pretty much the man. So uh, bets coming back around early seventh round. Any player that sticks out to you at the top of the ADP?
0: I. I. So this is the this is the part of the draft that clearly you can hear my hesitation There are players that I like a lot that I think I would rather take later, but I know because we're at the term, we're not going to be able to do that. For example, like Curtis Samuel, I love, we have McLaurin. So if we wanted to go with a full Washington stack, we could. Um, I think Michael Gallup is just a screaming value this year based off of kind of what he was last year in ADP. And now people don't want him. Uh, We talked about the Cowboys. They're one of our favorite stacks and, and favorite teams in general. Um. So those two guys really stick out to me. I know you're high as well on on Jerry Judy.
1: My question for us is that tight end. Um, You know, we've punted the position. Clearly, this is, you know, we didn't like any of the values. We're both pretty high on Tyler Higby. If we don't get him here, I don't think he's coming back to us. So is that a bit of a reach in the eighth?
0: I think it probably is. I think the wide receiver opportunity cost here is pretty huge when you look at kind of who goes in like ninth, 10th, 11th round at wide receiver. I mean, it gets ugly quick. So uh, there's still guys that I'm excited about. Excited about Tyler Boyd, excited about Jerry Judy, Um, Debo, Michael Gallup, Curtis Samuel. If we could go two of those guys, I would feel way more confident in our wide receiver core compared to that one tight end.
1: Well, Higby already went off the board at 7'10", so apparently... (laughs) We didn't even Perfect. have a shot at him. Perfect. Um,
0: and is there anyone else that you would consider at tight end?
1: Uh, Dallas Goddard uh, was somebody that I was looking at. He's still on the board right now. Uh, I just he's the only one that could, we could say he could be the one in the offense. So I think that's my only uh, debate right here. But we're on the clock and our three queued up are Jerry Judy, Curtis Samuel, and Dallas Goddard. So who's the first for you?
0: I think for me, I'm really excited about what Jerry Judy could be. Assuming we get competent quarterback play, I don't know that's a lot, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to start more games than Drew Locke. And he's been a guy who's been able to deliver the football to pass catchers and make it happen. We saw him support both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore last year, and Mike Davis for for fantasy. So it's not like Teddy is just going to check down all the time. Uh, I think he can he can support these guys for sure. And then the other one that I was talking about earlier was Curtis Samuel. We get that Washington stack. I, I'm way higher on them than you, so I understand if you don't want to go there, but for me, he would be the pick here.
1: I think I I lean towards Goddard because All right, let's do it. There's, there's just not going to be another tight end in the next 15 picks that I would say they could go off for us. Um so
0: I can't believe you just passed on your your my guy last year. <laughs> I know. Kyle, this is Kyle's my guy. He put his His heart on the line with Curtis Samuel, who had a great year, and now he's just like, oh, he's fine. Yeah, no, we don't need him. No, it's fine. We'll take Dallas Goddard instead of him. Come on, Kyle.
1: I took an Eagles player over Curtis Samuel.
0: And the Eagles aren't going to be good.
1: I know. That's why Dallas Goddard (laughs) hopefully will (laughs) bail us out. I just like the value. Um, We got him a little past his ADP. And honestly, look at the other tight ends bets. Is it going to be Noah Fant? Is it going to be Logan Thomas, who we're super down on? It's not Big Irv. Is it your boy, Mike mm. Kosicki?
0: I'll never quit Mike Kosicki. You <laughs> could be like a third stringer somewhere one day. I'm just like, this is the year. Here we go. Penn
1: State uh, bias. Sad times.
0: Well, now, yeah, exactly, Penn State bias. But now, we he honestly, he's probably off our board, right? Like looking at tight end. like I don't want to take a zero from a tight end every week. He's got the same <laughs> bye week. As, uh, as our boy Dallas Goddard. So, unfortunately, it's sad times for the Gasicki truther out there in me that we probably won't have him.
1: Mike Goose Sicky. The dude knows how to put up a goose egg. I feel but, like.
0: dude, did you see his player profile on the site? I
1: did. I did.
0: That athletic it's, testing, whoo! That is impressive.
1: If we got points if for that... you want someone
0: to run a sprint, it's him.
1: If we got points for that, we would... Christine Michael, you know, they these players... McKinnon. Jeff Janis, like, they'd be in the league still. Oh, yeah. All right. Our team is looking pretty solid. It's balanced, bets. Like, we didn't go over the top despite being at the end. We actually waited. Um, I feel like we don't have to do anything at running back. Is that is that how you feel right now?
0: 100%. Yeah, you're looking in this zone where it, it, this, this is the zero RB zone. Like, if you're looking for you know, backups or you're looking for pass catching backs, they're going to fall in this 9, 10, 11 round. We have three guys that I feel super confident about, and there's no one really on this list that I feel provides value to this team. Like, how often is Zach Moss going to outscore Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon? One week, you know? So for me, it's not even close for running back here. We got to be looking uh, most likely at wide receiver.
1: Yeah. I mean, Zach Moss, he's out of the league next year, anyways. So it's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) We'll Uh. see. Now, this well, technically he won't be because he's still on his rookie deal, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it is rough. When you start getting in the 90s and early, and early 100s ADP, you're looking at Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Zach Moss, Ronald Jones, James Conner, Gus Edwards. Like, okay, I yes, if you want to do zero RB, good luck. Um, but I just, I don't feel super great about this group. So I'm, I feel good about our builds right now. Um, at quarterback right now, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Matt Ryan, Justin Fields, any thoughts on that group?
0: The thing that I like about what we have with Herbert is he just feels pretty safe. So I like with our QB two, whenever the time comes to just shoot for the moon. And to me, the names on the list, Trey Lance sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, have you seen their final three weeks in terms of the the schedule? No. So when you're talking best ball underdog, you know, best ball tournament underdog, that's not this this setup for us, but you got to think about, okay, like if this team reaches their ceiling and he takes over late in the year, their three matchups for the quote-unquote playoffs in this tournament are as follows. The Houston Texans, the uh, Tennessee Titans, I'm trying to pull it up as I'm talking, and the, please hold, where is it, where is it, where is it, hold on, hold on, Kyle, play some, uh, play some music for me. I mean, I there have a
1: soothing soothing voice. The Falcons. weeks oh. 15, 16, oh, 17. Nice.
0: Falcons, Tennessee, Houston. So this team could absolutely come out and smash. They got the easiest strength of schedule according to Vegas win totals this year. So I think Trey Lance could just provide like
1: huge,
0: huge, huge week winning and also league winning upside if you take as your QB2.
1: Yeah, right now, I think in terms of QB2s, uh, we're going to obviously pass on Rodgers. Lawrence is intriguing. Trey Lance, Justin Fields... Um, I think any of that range feels fine looking at our team in terms of like who we're going to stack. Um, that's where it gets interesting. All right. We're on the clock. Um, wide receivers bets. We have Russell Gage, uh, Devonte Parker, Corey Davis, our boy, Marvin Jones, Henry Ruggs already got taken, man. People are sniping our guys. Anybody stand out to you?
0: I think Gage is safe. He's going to give us those PPR weeks. I think he's fine here. Um, He also is a different bye week, which fits well. So I think he's a good play just because you know he's going to be running a ton of routes. He's going to be the wide receiver, too, for that team. And then looking at the, the rest of the list here, it's sort of shoot your shot with who do you like and how does it fit your build. And for us, there's not really anyone else specifically that I like for stacking with Herbert or like stacking later. So I'm almost intrigued that we just go with our guy and Trey Lance with the Russian quarterback.
1: We love a good Russian quarterback. No, I I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, man. I just think that we are set up where all those wide receivers are the same right there. Like we could have taken Corey Davis, we could have taken Rashad Bateman, but it didn't really correlate with our team. Like there was nothing else on there that says like we have to take this player. So I felt good. Right now, with our two quarterbacks being Herbert and Trey Lance, are we just done with quarterback?
0: We're done. Lock it up. Don't even think twice about it.
1: Okay. So, this team, this team is good, guys. This team is looking good from 12 spot. We have Justin (laughs) Herbert and Trey (laughs) Lance. This team is
0: very good. Make sure you convince listeners of that.
1: (laughs) Very nice team. Um, we're done with quarterback. Running back, we mentioned Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Javante Williams we will probably add somebody, maybe a pass catcher or maybe a high upside guy uh, a little bit later, but still, are you pausing on the running back?
0: Depending on who's there, you know, in round 11, 12, 13, maybe we'll see, but like I said, the further out you get with ADP, the the chances of that player outperforming your early running backs is minimal, so Yeah, I'm almost good to like target someone super late or if there's a pass catcher that we like that's going to have a defined role, then we'll take him. But yeah, for me, we got to definitely add to our wide receiver depth chart uh, and obviously tight end as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like wide receivers as a whole have kind of been pushed up this draft like the guys that I'm used to getting in about the ninth or 10th round have been going around earlier and that might just be our listeners. So, you know, Michael Pittman has been my most drafted player, and uh, we didn't even get close to getting him. Uh, Some other wide receivers, Ruggs, I feel like both you and I like Ruggs as like a wide receiver four, maybe five type. Jalen Waddell, um, so just young, exciting receivers that you can put on your team. Antonio Brown also went off the board in the eighth round, so I kind of hate that our wide receivers, I feel like we don't have the boom quite that I wanted to, not as exciting, but when you start looking at wide receivers five, six and seven on your team, that's what's most important to me is just finding depth. Like we're not asking for somebody to be a wide receiver one for us. So any thought process just about our team, like we only have four wide receivers and we're about to be in round 11.
0: Yeah, it's not what I normally do for sure. Like I, I tend to kind of prescribe to that four five, six round uh, hammer wide receivers over and over and over again. There's just so many good names that are there. And then, like you said, you get into around 9, 10, 11, and it's like these guys are all the same player, you know. Um, So I think having that security there is huge. I think for us, the the real turning point in the draft, as far as like your strategy versus mine, probably was more that Dallas Goddard pick where I don't know that he has the upside that his ADP warrants personally um, with the offense and how much I think Jalen Hurts is going to run. But that said, uh you are very smart at this whole thing, so I trust you with all of the money that we have in this, which is a lot to not make us poor. So I hope you're right on that one.
1: So Curtis Samuels just staring at me uh went mid mid eighth round, so maybe that's it. Maybe that's where I went wrong with this team, but uh I hope Dallas uh bails us out. So beginning of the eleventh round, bets, we're almost there. Let's talk about wide receivers that are on the board um, that kind of fit the bill of a wide receiver, five wide receiver, six. Um, and if there's anybody that can correlate with our players, that would be nice. Um, Mike Williams is already gone. That would have been nice. Uh, the thing about San Francisco is if you don't get Debo and Iuke, like who's their third wide receiver.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's, that's definitely true. But like we've talked about before with stacking, like, For Lance, I think in this build, we're saying, like, we're taking Lance to be, you know, Lamar Jackson his first year that he was a starter. We're taking him to be the running quarterback that just sets the league on fire. We're not taking him to pass for 4,000 yards. So even if we don't get a San Francisco player, that's fine. And if we wanted to do something really unique late, we could take, you know, Wayne Gallman or someone like that or Elijah Mitchell as someone that could be that, you know, RB4 on our team that. Uh, could be the the quote-unquote stack with Lance if we really wanted to. But I don't think we need to force it.
1: Well, there's one wide receiver that's just sticking around, Bets, And uh, <laughs> I'm getting hot and heavy just thinking about him. It's our boy Marv Jones, and we're almost on the clock. I mean, if people don't snipe him, I'm going to take Marv Jones.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm I'm fully on board with that.
1: Okay, what other wide receivers do you like here?
0: Uh, scroll down the list a little bit for me. Mm, yeah, okay, never mind. Scroll scroll back up. That was
1: terrifying.
0: (laughs) Oh, we just got sniped. Marvin just went. Oh, Marv. Um yeah, so in this point, uh, Ronda Moore is super exciting. I'm also higher on Paris Campbell in his role this season. I think he's going to be a player that plays a ton in the slot. We've seen Carson Wentz target the slot in the past, and he's a guy who has just never been able to put it together. But if he does, I mean that's a, a super intriguing value in, in Paris Campbell here in the 12th round.
1: All right, I'll let you make the first pick and then I will make the second for this section. All right. So, pick I'm gonna one of I'm receivers. gonna say
0: let, let's take Paris.
1: Paris Campbell says he's fully healthy, bets. I'll believe it when I see it.
0: <laughs> I I actually think he can stay healthy this year, so I think he has that Keenan Allen like, you know, sort of unlucky type of situation with him.
1: Okay, so wide receivers on the board. There's some young guys. I love Terris Marshall Jr, but I think it's too early. Rondo Moore is kind of more of like a trick player. Nelson Aguilar, don't love it. Um, and then at tight end, I feel like we're reaching. So any of these guys fit fit the bill for you?
0: I mean, Nelson Aguilar could be the one.
1: Uh, let's go with Aguilar. Might as well. You know, That's all I can
0: say about him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he could be the one. I did check him out, and you know he's had more wide receiver one weeks than DJ Chark over the last two years. So, this man's getting disrespected, and we can see it in ADP. So, we just went Campbell and Aguilar, the classic duo, at uh, the 11 and the 12 turn. And we only have a couple more rounds left, bets. So, right now, our build, we have six wide receivers. So, while we were kind of short on that earlier, um, we kind of hammered that last couple of rounds. We still only have one tight end. So do you feel like tight ends, what we need to address? Cause I'm assuming we're going to do three tight ends.
0: Yeah. I think with Goddard, you have to do that three tight end build, which is, you know, totally fine. Um, and when I'm looking at tight ends that I want to take to kind of supplement your guy that you took that you're probably going to rely on most weeks. I just want upside. Like I want athletic guys that can actually create and do some nice things with the ball in their hand and not just be a guy that you're like, I hope he catches two yard, you know, two catches for two yards and a touchdown. Like I don't want that. So guys that I'm looking at are Johnu Smith who could correlate with a new England build. If they do actually go a little more pass heavy than we think, or Mac Jones plays more than we think. And they let him throw. Um, I'm also really intrigued. And I'm such a sicko by saying this, that Jared cook, Jared Cook, is a guy that correlates with our stack with Keenan and Herbert. And there's a ton of targets to go around for the the touchdowns, right? Like, you know Keaton is not going to get it all Mike Williams is kind of been inconsistent Hunter Henry's out out of the door so are we gonna take Jared Cook (laughs) I don't want to do it
1: I feel like with Jared Cook I'm fine with it but I'm probably gonna wait and see what else happens in terms of yeah he's like like pick
0: yeah like 15th 16th 17th round
1: yeah which is great like if he's our tight end if he's a tight end two or three that's that's fine in in terms of what we're doing here um I I'm going to look back at the running backs because we've kind of forgotten about them. And we're at the point where we started getting around 13, 14, 15, where we need at least a fourth running back. I'm okay. If people want to do five, but our, our, ours looks great. So we only need four. Um, any of these running backs you interested in that you think has upside? <sighs>
0: There's not a lot of upside here in this position, but I think when you're talking about what upside means in this point, you're not looking for the R B one. Like you're looking for guys that can give you R B three weeks that maybe slide into your flex once in a while. So guys that I'm looking at that kind of fit that bill for me potentially is Devin Singletary, plays on a good offense. We've seen him use in the passing game before. Or the market is assuming that Elijah I'm sorry, not Elijah uh Moore, that's wide receiver. <laughs> uh michael carter excuse me for the jets is the starting running back where tevin coleman has familiarity with his coaching staff and the system from san francisco as they come to new york so he's a guy that i think is a, a totally fine rb4 later in the draft for sure
1: yeah tevin coleman i have in a couple of different teams as an rb4 uh maybe you'll get more run than you think um he's probably not gonna hurt your team this late so um a couple of tight ends just went off the board so ingrid and Tanyan. So the tight end pool is kind of drying up a little bit. Um, Right now it's Gronkowski, your boy, Ferkser, Jarwin, and Henry and Cook. And yeah, Johnny went off the board too. So do you feel like we have to get a tight end?
0: Not at this point. Uh, That's that. (laughs) That just is like, we're taking guys that are just going to, you know, we're not, we're here for the opportunity cost, right? Like you wrote a lot about that in the DFS pass. We talked about it a lot. Like these guys that are going in the 15, 16, 17th, 18th round, they're not going to sink your team. You're looking for guys that can kind of support your team. And if we reach for a tight end here, I don't think it's going to help our team. I will say you can also even go super late. We could correlate this guy with Russell Gage. If he wanted to go really late in the 18th round, like Hayden Hurst is going to play a lot for the Falcons. So even though we're not stacking with Matt Ryan, there's data that shows that you can still stack players without the quarterback. And it does correlate. So, uh, he's an intriguing name to maybe target for like a tight end three later in the draft.
1: I love that. And I love that in big tournaments, you know, the ones that we've been playing in, like Hurst is somebody that's getting written off. He's not going to have it. Like the dude could easily fall into like six, seven touchdowns. Like that's totally possible. And that's going to help you at the tight end position. So we're up in a couple of picks. I'm actually going to cue a player that I think has upside in an offense we like. And that's Devin Singletary. Last year, he correlated way better than Zach Moss with Josh Allen. He wasn't a great win rate player because he didn't have quite the same boom weeks. But let's say that flips this year. Like, let's, like who's to say that Devin Singletary doesn't outplay Zach Moss? So I, I like Singletary as like somebody that I could actually see get a little bit of run. Um, so that's what's intriguing to me. So I'm going to take Singletary as our fourth running back and we're done. Love it. All right. So what do you see in terms of wide receivers um, or maybe tight ends? You not great things <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I think
0: we want to kind of keep that Buffalo train going like Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a lot of usable weeks for sure. I also think Trey Smith is intriguing if it's Jameis Winston starting, which we don't know. Um, I'm not in on Denzel Mims. There's a lot of negativity Jamison Crowder is always undervalued so at this point I think it makes sense to just kind of go with someone that you think is going to have usable weeks and for me that's Manuel Sanders or Traquan Smith
1: yeah let's go with Sanders we just trust his talent and I don't trust Traquan he has never surpassed 450 yards in any season in his career and oh by the way he played with the Hall of Fame quarterback and it didn't really matter so yeah
0: Plus, the that's that's true, totally. And the nice thing with Sanders is we just took Singletary, so we're saying we're gonna we want a little bit of exposure to Buffalo, which I think everyone drafting a best ball wants. And yes, we're not getting those high profile guys in Josh Allen or Steph Diggs, but Sanders is gonna be an every down player for this team. And what happens if Zach Moss gets injured? And what happens if they don't go as pass heavy as they did last year? um you could definitely have some exposure to some some spike weeks for sure with buffalo's uh you know ancillary pieces
1: so we have two quarterbacks four running backs seven wide receivers and one tight end through 14 rounds bets uh i like the way our squad's turning out um picking at 12 is not easy but i think we're set up pretty well sounds like we're done with quarterback are we done with running back
0: yeah nick chubb joe mixon javante williams and Singletary, yes, we are absolutely done. Uh, I like that team actually quite a bit. I think that fits kind of what you're looking for in a four running back build. Two workhorse backs and then a third back that can become a league winner down the stretch is, is what I've been gravitating towards, maybe that rookie. And then in the fourth running back position slot there, like someone that's going to be involved, that's not going to give you zeros, that will have spike weeks, that could have more upside than you than you think, especially in a pass-catching role. So I love that four running back build.
1: Yeah, we got Singletary, you know, 14, 15 picks after where he normally goes. So he was just sitting around. So that's why I kind of I felt fortunate to get on him. We also were pretty fortunate bets. All four of our running backs have different bye weeks. So we're set up really well in terms of our running backs and our buys. Uh, we have seven wide receivers. So knowing that we have round 15, 16, 17, and 18, we have four rounds left. How do you want to use those?
0: I think we're pretty much locked into a three tight end build at this point. So if that's the case, then obviously we're going two more tight ends and we'll slap on an extra wide receiver here uh, at some point as well.
1: So, um, so we're going to have nine wide receivers and three tight ends. So overall, do you think this draft has gone the way you want it to, or because you're drafting with me, you're just still mad about that Dallas Goddard pick.
0: (laughs) If Dallas got it as the tight end one this year, I will forgive you. Um, No, overall, I really do like this squad. I think we may have missed out on a little bit of a tier in terms of the the wide receivers. But the nice thing about best ball, and this is kind of where people get off track, is like your wide receiver core, because you're not investing early in the first, second, third round of these drafts with your wide receiver, if that's your build, you're making up for a lack of quality with high quantity. So to, to walk away with this draft... With nine wide receivers, I feel like most weeks we have guys that are going to play a ton of snaps that are going to be on the field that if they get the targets and they produce like this team is going to do really well.
1: So there was a bit of a tight end run here in round 14, classic round 14 run. Uh, Ferkser went then Jared Cook, which hurts Hunter Henry and Blake Jarwin. So four tight ends bets. I thought that maybe one of those guys would fall to us. But uh, we're really going to have to make up some ground with our tight end position because there's some teams that you know are built pretty well. You know They've got Kelsey. They've got Andrews. Uh, we're just a bit behind when it comes to tight end. That's clearly where we're the weakest. I blame Dallas. Um, but imagine if we didn't go Dallas. What would we have done? We would have gotten Curtis Samuel, and then we would have picked some other bum. Yep, <laughs> that's
0: true. It's really true. It's it's very true. But I think I'm willing to just like punt off the tight end position completely. Like I've done a ton of drafts where my tight ends look like a joke. And when you come when it comes down to it at season end, if your tight end is scoring four points in a week versus two in a week, it is not going to kill you. So I think for me, I'm just more willing to take on some risk at tight end. But there's still guys that like are going to play a lot and have like productive weeks like Cole Kmet. Right? He was our three K tight end last year in DFS all the time. He's the starter there. Uh, Hayden Hurst, we talked about already. Eric Ebron, no one wants. Yet Pittsburgh we saw be a huge pass happy offense last year. He could obviously be involved. And then Gerald Everett, like he's gonna play every snap with Russell Wilson as his quarterback, and now he has no Tyler Higby to compete with. So I think I'm maybe being optimistic, but I'm telling myself a story that I think our tight end group collectively could still be uh
1: pretty good. The tighting collective is uh as it's called as. i like everett uh, i like comet so you're making me feel better i really am like at first i saw that run but honestly these guys are in the same position commit hopefully will overtake jimmy grandpa hopefully and then in seattle who else is there with gerald everett so who would you pick between those two because those two i feel like i would love to take here at the 15 16 turn one of them at least
0: Uh, yeah, I prefer Everett. It's just knowing that he's gonna play a full season with Russell Wilson, whereas Chicago seems just locked in on Andy Dalton for some reason. (laughs) So, uh, I'll take Russell Wilson, who is perennially a top five real life NFL quarterback every single year.
1: And with wide receivers, we're just shooting our shot. So on the board, Amon Ra, Amon Ra, Saint Brown, the Sun God, Uh, Amon, Amon Ra, (laughs) Uh, Diami Brown, AJ Green, who I've actually been taking. I know it's gross uh Demarcus Robinson Amari Rogers Darius Slayton any of those guys MBS
0: MVS is intriguing if we can get him later like he's he's probably more of a, a 17th round pick type of guy um or Damian Brown is also a deep threat from Washington he's a rookie he would correlate as well with uh, our pick earlier of Terry McLaurin
1: that's true yeah I, I'm gonna wait on if we can get MVS later um, I do like Amari Rodgers. I've been getting him in a lot of drafts, but I think you can wait on him. So we're going to make Gerald Everett our pick at tight end because Cole Komet, of course, went right before us. We got sniped. So feel good about Gerald Everett. Um, what would you say the difference is in selecting Diami Brown and, I don't know, AJ Green?
0: I think it's just a matter of floor versus ceiling. Like, you're hoping for Diami Brown to come in and catch, you know, he, he could have like an MVS type season of like, five usable weeks of huge spike weeks with AJ green. Like we have no idea what he's going to get, but we know he's playing with Kyler and we like that. So I'm fine either way, whatever you think is the best build.
1: I'm going to take the veteran. I'm going to take the gamble that they spent $8 million on a player who is still talented. And yes, he's 32, but I just believe in the offense way better and we'll see what happens. And I know bets. You hated that pick. <laughs> it's impossible
0: to not like a pick after round like 10 <laughs> like if you argue anyone's pick after round 10 you're just you're just in a bad mood at that point because the win rates we know they just plummet once you get into these double digit rounds it's just like you got to hit that you know uh that lottery ticket so to speak
1: yeah it it really is and anyone that tells you they know exactly who's going to hit is just crazy um because when you start getting 16 17 18 you're getting super fortunate. And when you look back, because that's what we're doing right now. We usually look backwards and at 2020, we say, Oh man, that was James Robinson was such a good pick in best ball. Nobody was picking him. Like nobody was picking James Robinson. He was on, I think out of best ball, 10 rosters was like 5,000 rosters. He was on like 200 of them. So it's like, okay, some people shot their shot, but like most people aren't hitting uh, for that player. So uh mvs just went off the board eric ebron somebody that you liked a tight end just went off the board uh not not great man not not looking good when you start (laughs) scrolling through uh yeah just stop
0: scrolling it gets gross if you just do that (laughs)
1: all right i'm just gonna scroll until we find a player that we have no idea who they are okay like this guy isaac (laughs) Witten.
0: who is bug howard
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> should we cue him up
0: that's an amazing name uh he apparently is a wide receiver for jacksonville according to underdog
1: bug man he's got a week seven bye we know that
0: but no player uh picture here
1: see we can't do that we can't have that no, no there's some people like geronimo allison that man is just buried down here oh jason moore there we go we could take uh, wait is that the jason moore the jason moore wide receiver for the chargers his picture's right here it looks a little different Looks a little uh, different.
0: Yeah, we can queue him up. He would correlate with with Herbert.
1: Alright, give me a late round guy, a wide receiver that you're like, alright, I'm going to shoot my shot 17-18 to 18 round.
0: I've ended up with a lot of KJ Hamler. Uh, he's obviously not in the pecking order that we like for a quarterback that we don't trust, but we've seen him be involved and have huge weeks uh, out there with Denver. So He's a guy that I've taken to quite a bit, but it's on teams where I don't have Jerry Judy and some teams that I don't have Cortland Sutton. So I could definitely see the argument in being like, you know what? We already have Judy. Let's pass on him. But at this point, you know, we're talking about an opportunity cost that is basically non-existent. So uh, he would be a play. And then as well, I'm such a sicko like Sammy Watkins staring us in the face. What if Lamar is actually going to throw the ball? Uh, it's possible. Josh Palmer, I see you hovering over him. Tell, tell me about Palmer.
1: I just I know that we have Herbert. If he wins the number three job from Jalen Guyton, then I think it's just great. Like that's that's all we're asking him to do is to have three or four to have an MVS type season. So uh, they traded up to get him. I don't mind him there. Amari Rogers is the most talented I think of this group. It's just that Aaron Rodgers is a wild card with this team. So uh, we got to get a wide receiver here. So between Hamler let's just say between Hamler and Palmer uh who do you like better I
0: think we should roll with Palmer just given the the stack with Herbert
1: yeah and when having Judy I feel fine like not doubling up right there um gosh but what if Aaron Rodgers goes there
0: (laughs) uh well then we'll do more drafts and we'll get some stacks with with Aaron Rodgers
1: yeah, well, luckily, lucky for us, KJ Hamler already went off the board. We're about to be on the board. So we have Josh Palmer as our final wide receiver that we're gonna stack with Herbert. And then, good lord, we need a tight end. Zach Ertz will not be our tight end. Chris Herndon, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't mind either Mo Alley Cox in terms of like the Colts. OJ Howard is intriguing. I've got him with some Brady stacks. Uh anybody else? Donald Parham? Dude, what about Dan Arnold?
0: The postman? You
1: know, he's a player in the NFL. That is very true.
0: I mean, there's actually some hype coming out of minicamp. Again, it's minicamp, but his tight end, you know, he's our tight end three. The bye week is different than Goddard and Everett. moali Cox, I think, could be intriguing. He's a 14th Uh, Bye week as well so for me it's either molly cox or dan arnold
1: dude let's go with the postman on this one i mean everyone everyone saw this pick for a long time we did we from the very beginning we knew that dan arnold would be our final pick so all right we just took we just took your boy let's go over this beautiful (laughs) Our our boy sam darnold to d arnold that's our boy Let's go over this roster bets and you can tell me the strengths and the weaknesses. And then as this draft is ending, let's look at the big board and we'll give a couple of teams that we like. So we have Justin Herbert, Trey Lance at quarterback at running back. We have Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, and Devin Singletary at wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, who is so smooth. Oh, love Keenan Allen. Jerry Judy. Russell Gage, Paris Campbell, Nelson Aguilar, Emmanuel Sanders, and AJ Green, a couple of old dudes, and then uh, Josh Palmer. And then at tight end, we have the tight end one, Dallas Goddard, the GOAT, Gerald Everett, and the postman, Dan Arnold. So give me some strengths and some weaknesses about this beautiful squad. I love our quarterbacks.
0: I love our running backs. You know, you talk about two guys that could. Both of these guys legitimately could finish inside the top three at quarterback and Herbert and Lance, assuming everything goes right. And then the running backs, you just got to feel super strong about Chubb, Mixon, Javante Williams as the three. is fine as the four, like we talked about. So I love that. Wide receiver it could be better. I think it definitely could be actually a lot better. Uh, we have McLaurin as our one and Keenan Allen as our two. And then from there, it's a bunch of guys that, like we said, they're going to be on the field a bunch, they're going to see some targets but you're not super excited about them. And that's why you take a ton of them to make up for the lack of quality with the quantity. So that's definitely a weakness. And then dude, our tight ends might be the worst in this draft.
1: <laughs> we have, we have depth. I will say this. When I look at our tight or our wide receivers, we don't have like touchdown guys like McLaurin and Keenan Allen. I don't, I wouldn't say are touchdown guys like McLaurin could hit 10, but we know what Keenan Allen is. He's like a six, seven touchdown guy. Who knows with Judy gauge probably isn't going to be a touchdown guy. Paris Campbell, probably not AJ green, maybe like seven years ago. It's just like, I don't know where all of the touchdowns are going with our wide receivers. So we're going for volume. We're going for uh half PPR goodness. That's the only thing I would say is I wish we had a red zone dominator, you know, like a Marvin Jones. <laughs> I mean, imagine a player like that. Obviously. So that's where I think some of our weakness is. but any teams, I'll let you just look at the draft board and you know, as we're wrapping up, thank you for drafting with us. Thanks for being a part of this awesome, awesome podcast that Bets and I love getting to do, but we will continue to do more of these best balls, uh, private ones and to send them out and you guys can jump on them just like these. We sent it out and it filled within five seconds. So that's super fun. For us, so any teams that stand out to you other than uh, the KYL three Borg team?
0: Yeah, that team is definitely the absolute best in this entire draft. It's an alpha team. It's an alpha. It's an alpha dog for sure. Um, I, I like the the stack teams for sure, like the DeAndre Hopkins stack team. Uh, I don't know what the the um, the drafters name was on it, but they stacked uh, Hopkins at an extreme value with kyler who fell pretty far so i think that is just massive upside in terms of that team that's mitch hutton so i like that team quite a bit
1: yeah there's some other teams that uh, i just think are set up really well so zeke went a little bit earlier for the real get it get at me uh he took him at pick five but then he came back with ch and george kittle so those first three picks like you're setting your team up to say all right i have two workhorse running backs kind of like us And then I have a tight end. So that team already is set up to say, you know what? I only need one more tight end. I'm just going to hammer away at wide receivers uh, and go to town on that. So um, love that. We'll post the draft board and maybe we'll get some people to say which team is the best. Hopefully you pick ours because, um, I mean, we like our team. We like what we're doing. So um, thank you for being with us live draft. It's super fun for us to be a part of this next week. Bets and I are going to be talking about league winners. And so we're going to give a list of players that we like at different ADPs, um, guys that we just say, hey, this could actually help you win a best ball. We're going to give like 12-man, and then we're also going to give like best ball mania picks, the ones that we really, really like. So, Bets, any words for the people um, as we depart? This was
0: fun, man. This is a lot of fun. I feel like this was a um, unique experience for sure to be able to watch our listeners take our picks right from under us during this, but it was fun. Be sure to check out the DFS pass content that we have for you guys. Always adding value. Check out the best ball primer. A ton of work went into it. We hope it helps you guys go check it out.
1: Have a good weekend. Thank
0: you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast.
1: Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.